0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome to the Ransom Heart podcast. This is Craig McConnell, and uh, I'm uh, with my two buddies, uh, Chris Hack. Morgan Snyder, and uh, we're having a ball listening to excerpts from boot camp. And uh, what's the topic today?
1: Today, we're going to hear about the stages of the masculine journey. Mm. Morgan, a few words on that. Yeah, John's teaching here is incredibly helpful. It's based from the book, Father by God, and we have an awesome video, small group series on that as well. But It is just so helpful when John unpacks these stages that every man must go through Mm. in his quest to be initiated by God as his father. And so I think you'll really enjoy the stages of the masculine journey.
0: We have now a world of uninitiated men. Because of the loss of the father in our culture, we do not have a father culture and we haven't had one for quite some time, probably prior to the Industrial Revolution. But certainly in any of our lifetimes, we have not grown up in a father culture. The rare man here had a good father who knew how to initiate his son and take him through the various stages of maturity as a young man, sort of knowing what's needed at 8 and what's needed at 13 and what's needed at 19 and 27 and 35 and 42. But that's pretty rare. So what we have now is a world of uninitiated men, and you know what I'm talking about. It's that feeling in you that just feels incomplete, that, gosh, God's shown me some things, and he's taken me some places, but there are situations I don't know how to face, that there are places that I'm afraid to even venture into. There are still young places in me that feel like they just need fathering, and the difficulty that Practically all of us live with right now is we have no one to do that for us. The Father being largely gone, taken out himself, fighting his own battles, and mentors and genuine fellowships of men being fairly rare, although the plan is that we will make it less rare, right? That, that as God does things in our lives, then we will become the great warriors of the kingdom, we will become the lovers and the kings and the sages, and we will know how to offer it to others. But right now, what do we do? Where do we turn? And what I want to say is I believe that what God is primarily up to in a man's life is trying to initiate him. And we have been misinterpreting most of the events of our lives around that. We don't understand his gifts and what part of the heart that's supposed to speak to. We don't understand the hardship trials, battles, and without an initiation framework, it's a mindset, it's a completely new orientation to looking at your life. Without that, it feels random, and frankly, it feels unkind most of the time. It's like, I'm praying about this for four years, and then I get canned at my job? What is this? You know what I'm talking about. You go for a little bit more intimacy in your marriage, and you know the whole thing blows up, or try and put a band of brothers together, and they all bail on you. Betray you, even worse. Okay, we have to have a framework for understanding what's going on here. And I believe the framework is initiation. That is what God is primarily up to in a man's life. It's taking us back into a culture of father and taking us back into a culture of masculine initiation. Okay? So let me show you how it looks. And I want to sort of teach through the stages and then I want to illustrate it through our lives as well. Let me start with the stage of boyhood. I would put on the stage, it'd probably be birth to 12. And the stages overlap. Please hear this, especially you engineers. Um, I used to take all my notes on graph paper. I know that world. Uh, I want things, you know, systematic. You don't don't get a system in the world. You get something better. You get an organism, right? You get a living thing. And and so the, the stages do overlap. Let me say that. But boyhood begins, obviously, birth to about age 12. And um, boyhood is a time of exploration, affirmation, and wonder. It's a time of knowing that you are the beloved son, the son of my right hand, right, as was said of Benjamin. Joseph is given the coat of many colors, right? And he knew, he knew, I am my father's delight. Before I go into the stage here, I want to say there is a question that is prior and deeper and more fundamental to the question we laid out in Wild at Heart. Do I have what it takes? I still hold that that is the the primary question of the masculine journey, and validation is crucial, but there's actually a prior question and a deeper one in the soul, and it comes in boyhood, and it's simply the question of, do you delight in me? Am I the apple of my father's eye? am I my father's delight? In the time of boyhood, is a time where you live in a world that has been created as a world of safety by your father and a world of affirmation and exploration and wonder. My father was a traveling salesman when I was very young, five, six, seven, eight years old. And he had these accounts in the West, Colorado and Wyoming and Montana and And uh, Utah and all that. And he would take me with him in the summertime. I have two older sisters. I am the only son. And so I had this for a season. And, you know, summertime for a boy feels like eternity, right? I mean, you're out of school, you're free, and it's just ice cream and a favorite bike, right? Do you remember that? Let your hearts go back to boyhood and remember what that was like. My father would take me with him on these trips across the West and uh, I was his navigator, right? And he was the pilot and we'd go all over the West and he loved to fish. And so what he'd do is he'd land us near a stream or lake or river about Thursday afternoon. And then we'd take a long weekend every weekend and we'd just spend a weekend fishing to our heart's content. Meaning sunup to sundown. <laughs> and uh, we'd get back to camp and he'd make spam sandwiches and, and I loved them. But the message was so absolutely clear to me. I love being with you. I love being with you. That's how you come to know that you are the beloved son. And then after what felt like six months, but you know it was probably three weeks on the road with my dad, he'd swing through Eastern Oregon where my grandfather's cattle ranch was. That's his father. And he would drop me off there for the rest of the summer. And then I'm in a boyhood dream, right? Catching frogs in the irrigation ditches. And he had this catfish pond overrun by catfish. There were too many in there, so they only grew to about eight inches, but there was like a jillion in there, which is perfect for a boy, because you'd throw the little red and white bobbers with your, you know, worm and your stick out there, and I mean, I'd just catch fish after fish. I mean, I thought it was proof of my prowess, you know, <laughs> as a fisherman, but that, that's exploration and wonder, right, and climbing through the rafters of the barns, and uh, this summer, Blaine and Nick And the older boys, Sam and Jesse, all took off on a road trip to California, which significantly amped up my prayer life. (laughs) I, I mean, it felt absolutely insane to let them go. But we prayed, and Jesus said, yeah, let them go. Let them go. They're ready for this. That's the cowboy ranger stage. We'll get there in a minute. But their youngest brother, Luke, he's still in the boyhood stage. And so he was left at home with us. And so I sort of seized on the opportunity. I'm like, okay, you are my delight. You were my delight. So we'd make pancakes in the morning and eggs, which he absolutely loves. We'd make a mess in the kitchen and we'd be laughing over it. And then Luke has just discovered fly fishing on tiny creeks for little brook trout, which is about his skill level. So I took him way up this Forest Service Road and I'd heard about this creek that was full of brook trout. And I only took one rod. That's very important because the point was not the fishing. Point was Luke. So I'm gonna be his guide for the day right? And he's going to be the the fisherman, and I'm going to walk him along the creek and explain to him how the holes work and how to lay the fly down there. And then he'd catch one, and I'd get it off the hook for him. And we just kind of spent a whole afternoon. We got down to this one fairly large hole, and he caught a big fish in there. And then he said, Dad, let's go skinny dipping. (laughs) So far be it for me to uh, avoid an opportunity. So... (laughs) We strip our clothes off. We're out in the middle of nowhere, and we jump in this, I mean, t- about two seconds you could last in this water. And we get in there, you know, and then we get out. and we're, So we're just drying ourselves in the sun. We're just sitting out there buck naked in the middle of the woods. And, and Luke says, Dad, he says, Dad, hold on a second. He says, let's just enjoy this moment. Do you feel how it feels, Dad? Okay, that's boyhood right? You know you're the beloved son. You know you are your father's delight. And he creates a world where it's safe to explore. I mean, the little boy is an explorer, isn't he? From the time he figures out how to climb the stairs and he is gone in a flash. And you wonder how they move so fast when they're so little. To the time he figures out if he jumps over the fence, he can get down to Jimmy's house where they have the secret fort together. Remember this? Boyhood Woodsworth has a wonderful poem. He says, there was a time when meadow, grove, and stream, the earth and every common sight to me did seem apparelled in celestial light, the glory and freshness of a dream. Think of the hobbits. The hobbits are the beloved sons. And what's fascinating, as you'll see, is that you will see the masculine journey laid out in about every story you've ever read or known. It's there because it's written on the human soul. We just didn't know how to articulate it for a couple hundred years. So the hobbits, look at them. I mean, the curly-headed, mischievous little rascals, right, love to eat. And they're just safe. They're just happy in the shire. And it's a world of surprises, right? When Gandalf comes, he brings fireworks. And fireworks are gold to a boy, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We used to put them in the neighbor's mailbox and, you know... (laughs) And it it really didn't do any damage. But, you know, blow the door open and smoke would come out. We just thought that was the funniest thing we had ever seen. (laughs) But when you're young, every boy is a pyro, right? I almost burned the neighborhood down, playing with matches in the backyard and lit this field on fire. It's a time, though, Gandalf brings surprises. The father brings surprises. This is absolutely crucial for the boy to grow up in because it's where you learn that life is not up to you. Most of us live with a fundamental conviction that if anything good is going to happen, we're going to have to do it. Right? We just have this core conviction. I was talking to a young man uh, mid twenties; he's in grad school the other day on the phone, and and uh, I was asking him if he was looking forward to anything these days, and he says, "Well, he says there's this sea kayak that I'm saving up for. I'm really excited about it." And he was telling me all about it and how there's these flats near his house in Florida where he goes out kayaking, and then he threw in the most odd comment. He said, but I feel like God's opposed to it. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? He said, I don't know. He said, I just don't feel like he wants anything good for me. So then we started going back in the story, and uh, he wanted a tree fort, right? Everybody wants some kind of fort, right? Whether it's blankets over the card table down in the basement, or remember building them in your bedroom with sheets, and everybody wants a fort, And uh, they had moved to the country, and they had plenty of trees in their yard, and his dad actually worked in construction, but he wouldn't build him a fort. And so the young man I was talking to built it for himself, and he said, I sat in it like three or four times, and I just said to myself, this sucks. Who cares? No one's here to share this with me. See, when you're the beloved son, your father's looking for ways to to bring you surprises and gifts and ways that you know someone's looking out for you. Someone knows your heart, and that's very crucial that when we spend time with our sons and and we're trying to raise the beloved son, it's time doing what he wants to do, not what you want to do, right? And it's gifts that speak to his heart, not your heart. When you have a good father and you're the beloved son, he gives you gifts, right? He gives you surprises. He creates a world for you, right, where you know that you're absolutely free to dare, you're free to explore, and he wants to be with you. The key answer to the question that comes in the beloved son is, you are my delight. And it comes through wrestling. It comes through little trips together, breakfast with dad. It's absolutely crucial. And uh, you see it in the life of David. You'll see all the stages in David's life. He's the youngest son, which usually in Jewish culture means the spoiled son. right? And in his Psalms, he certainly knows that he is the beloved son. Now, when we pick up with David's actual life story, You meet him and he's a shepherd in the field. That's the cowboy ranger stage. We'll pick up with that in a minute. But Jesus, clearly the protected son, right? Angel shows up, says, You guys have got to get out of town. So they go down to Egypt. I mean, his father and mother are constantly making sure that Jesus is safe. And and then, of course, the father pronounces it on him later You are my beloved son. Jesus knows it. And David knew it. Joseph knew it. That core sense of I'm safe and I'm loved, and uh, the world is good, and I am the apple of my father's
1: eye. You know, we've talked about this topic in in other formats and contexts, Morgan. Um, why don't you share a couple of those? Sure. Yeah, I think it's a, one of John's books that's been largely overlooked but is incredibly powerful is Fathered by God, which actually walks through the six stages of the masculine journey. Hmm. And then we got together and filmed a video series on the six stages where John goes into a teaching on every stage and then the team interacts, kind of a roundtable dialogue about those stages. It's a really, really helpful tool from what we've heard from many guys, a helpful tool for men to walk deeper in the healing and restoration of their masculinity. So we really encourage you to check those out. The Father by God book, the Father by God video series, the stages of the masculine journey audio resource and the entire wild at heart boot camp platinum collection you can find all of those and many more resources at ransomedheart.com